Letter twenty six of Evelina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. Evelina by Fanny Burney. Letter twenty six. Evelina to the Reverend Mr. Villas, Howard Grove, April twenty seventh. Oh, my dear sir, I now write in the greatest uneasiness. Madame Duval has made a proposal which terrifies me to death, and which was as unexpected as it is shocking. She had been employed for some hours this afternoon in reading letters from London, and just about tea-time, she sent for me into her room, and said with a look of great satisfaction, "'Come here, child. I've got some very good news to tell you. Something that will surprise you. I'll give my word, for you hadn't no notion of it.' I begged her to explain herself and then, in terms which I cannot repeat, she said she had been considering what a shame it was to see me such a poor country, shame-faced thing, when I ought to be a fine lady, and that she had long, and upon several occasions, blushed for me, though she must own the fault was none of mine, for nothing better could be expected from a girl who had been so immured. However, she assured me she had, at length, hit upon a plan which would make quite another creature of me. I waited without much impatience to hear what this preface led to, but I was soon awakened to more lively sensations, when she acquainted me that her attention was to prove my birthright, and to claim, by law, the inheritance of my real family. It would be impossible for me to express my extreme consternation, when she thus unfolded her scheme. My surprise and terror were equally great. I could say nothing. I heard her with a silence which I had not the power to break. She then expatiated very warmly upon the advantages I should reap from her plan, talked in a high style of my future grandeur, assured me how heartily I should despise almost everybody, and everything I had hitherto seen, predicted my marrying into some family of the first rank in the kingdom, and finally said I should spend a few months in Paris, where my education and manners might receive their last polish. She enlarged also upon the delight she should have, in common with myself, from mortifying the pride of certain people, and showing them that she was not to be slighted with impunity. In the midst of this discourse, I was relieved by a summons to tea. Madame Duval was in great spirits, but my emotion was too painful for concealment, and everybody inquired into the cause. I would fain have waived the subject, but Madame Duval was determined to make it public. She told them that she had it in her head to make something of me, and that they should soon call me by another name than that of Anvil, and yet that she was not going to have the child married neither. I could not endure to hear her proceed, and was going to leave the room, which, when Lady Howard perceived, she begged Madame Duval would defer her intelligence to some other opportunity. But she was so eager to communicate her scheme, that she could bear no delay, and therefore they suffered me to go without opposition. Indeed, whenever my situation or affairs are mentioned by Madame Duval, she speaks of them with such bluntness and severity, that I cannot be enjoined a task more cruel than to hear her." I was afterwards acquainted with some particulars of the conversation by Miss Mervyn, who told me that Madame Duval informed them of her plan with the utmost complacency, and seemed to think herself very fortunate in having suggested it. But soon after, she accidentally betrayed that she had been instigated into the scheme by her relations, the Brantons, whose letters which she received to-day first mentioned the proposal. She declared she would have nothing to do with any roundabout ways, but go openly and instantly to law, in order to prove my birth, real name, and title to the estate of my ancestors. 
How impertinent and officious in these Brantons, to interfere thus in my concerns! You can hardly imagine what a disturbance this plan has made in the family. The captain, without inquiring into any particulars of the affair, has peremptorily declared himself against it, merely because it has been proposed by Madame Duval. And they have battled the point together with great violence. Mrs. Mervyn says she will not even think till she hears your opinion. But Lady Howard, to my great surprise, openly avows her approbation of Madame Duval's intention. However, she will write her reasons and sentiments upon the subject to you herself. As to Miss Mervyn, she is my second self, and neither hopes nor fears but as I do. And as to me, I know not what to say, nor even what to wish. I have often thought my fate peculiarly cruel, to have but one parent, and from that one to be banished for ever while on the other side I have but too well known, and felt the propriety of the separation. And yet, you may much better imagine, than I can express, the internal anguish which sometimes oppresses my heart, when I reflect upon the strange indifference that must occasion a father never to make the least inquire after the health, the welfare, or even the life of his child. Oh, sir, to me the loss is nothing. Greatly, sweetly, and most benevolently have you guarded me from feeling it. But for him, I grieve indeed. I must be divested, not merely of all filial piety, but of all humanity, could I ever think upon this subject, and not be wounded to the soul. Again, I must repeat, I know not what to wish. Think for me, therefore, my dearest sir, and suffer my doubting mind, that knows not which way to direct its hopes, to be guided by your wisdom and unerring counsel. Evelina End of letter 26